This episode of Stick Like Glue Radio is brought to you by Jim Palmer's Create Your Dream Business Now Academy, a one-of-a-kind live event where Jim will personally teach you how to market and grow a more profitable business faster, even in a crappy economy. During this event, Jim will reveal how to create a million-dollar platform on a shoestring budget. You'll learn how to generate a ton of content with ease, how to attract a steady stream of new customers, and you'll also network with other successful marketers and entrepreneurs. This not-to-be-missed event is May the 7th through the 9th in San Diego and will quite literally transform your business. Do not miss it. Get all the details and register today at www.dreambizacademy.com. That's www.dreambizacademy.com. This is John Taffer from Bar Rescue, and you're listening to Stick Like Glue Radio. Welcome to Jim Palmer's Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Jim Palmer is a marketing and business building expert, author, speaker, and an in-demand coach. He's the founder of the Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. Jim is the host of Newsletter Guru TV, the hit weekly web TV show based on Jim's smart marketing and business building advice. Check it out at www.newsletterguru.tv. And now, please welcome the host of Stick Like Glue Radio, Jim Palmer. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to another great episode of Stick Like Glue Radio. This is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Those are always great things in anybody's business. I am your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach, and I'm committed to helping you build a more profitable business faster. We have such a great show this week. My guest is Jason Swank. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read his intro. I usually like to study him up and make him my own, but I love what Jason sent me so much. I thought it was uh, really creative. So here we go. 16 years ago, Jason heard the cries of distress coming from beleaguered businesses, and he decided to take action. He founded a successful digital agency, and over the span of 12 years as CEO, he championed in the digital advertising arena for clients such as Aflac, Lotus Cars, Hitachi, AT&T, Coke, and LegalZoom. A friend and protector to all, Jason sold his agency in 2011 for seven figures and used his power to author a book and develop a smartphone nutrition app. And today, he continues to use his powers for good by creating proprietary business tools, client coaching, and blog writing and podcasting. He wards off evildoers and helps business owners achieve their goals. He operates out of his office in of solitude in Atlanta, Georgia. Jason makes the most of my in the trenches of his of his in, in the trenches sorry experience in today's cutting edge business strategies to help innocent businesses defend themselves against villainous competition and just so you know he likes to have fun also he is an avid off-road race car driver ironman competitor and has been known to crash a remote controlled plane now and again Jason, you you love to write copy, man. You're a marketing guy, right? <laughs> hey, I mean, if you're gonna write something, might as well write something different, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm picturing this guy totally ripped, cape flowing behind him everywhere he goes, man. <laughs> you're going from one phone booth to the next. That's right, man. I'm I'm trying to help all these people out. I've, I have superpowers to that, right? <laughs> 
I love it. Hey, um, so you obviously enjoy life. I love that, and you like to have a good time. Take us back to when you started the digital agency. I, I kind of, I'd love to hear that story. We, because most of my audience, Jason, are, are entrepreneurs on the newer side of things. I would say small business owners. So um, I want to hear what you've done and things like that. But I always like hearing the whole entrepreneurial journey. How'd you get into that? Yeah. So um, I went to Florida State University, uh, Go Know, and I uh, graduated with a, a computer programming degree. So I got a job at Arthur Anderson as a computer programmer. So I went the corporate route because I thought that's what you're supposed to do, right? When you grow up, you're supposed to go work for a big company and work really hard. Well, that changed in six months. Um, because of my best friend, um, one of them looked like Justin Timberlake. So I actually designed a website um, called InShit. And it made fun of NSYNC. It was like fake band, fake tour, fake everything. And so it got widely popular around 99, 98. And people started reaching out to me, asking me to design websites. And so that's how I got my start. I said, man, I can make money at this? And people will pay me to design websites for my house and my pajamas? And so I quit Arthur Anderson and uh, jumped into uh, running an agency. I'm sure your parents were thrilled with that decision, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> there goes that whole education down the drain. Um, right. So what was it like in the early years? How long did you kind of just be, were you building websites? And I know I've, I saw your video where you, you, you know, got some clients, hired some people, got mm-hmm. some more clients, hired some more people. What was your growth like in the, in the early years? Yeah, so for the first four years, um, we didn't have much growth. I mean, we were literally probably under 200,000, right? And the reason being is because I kind of fell into it. I didn't have that clarity. I didn't have that specialization. I didn't have the right systems in place in order to get to the next level. I mean, I didn't even know what an invoice was. When people asked me to send them an invoice, I had to ask my dad. And so, you know, I didn't know anything about business, so I kind of jumped into it. But then I started getting serious, and I said, look, you know, I'm I'm making good money, but I really want to build – a seven-figure business or even an eight-figure business, which we were ultimately able to do. And so we started. I started getting real serious on setting up the right systems because systems will outperform talent all day long. And that's really the only biggest difference between an eight-figure business and, you know, maybe a, a six-figure business is all about the right systems. And so when we did that, then we started having exponential growth. That's awesome. I know um – when, when did you decide to sell out? Did you decide to get a good offer? Did you have enough of the whole growth thing and you just wanted to, like, exit? Or what, what was that decision process like? You know, we – in the very beginning, I always had – you know, there are so many people that I knew, you know, in the early – the late 90s and early 2000s that people were selling their company for sick money. And so right when we started, I was like, great, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some of these big clients like Aflac, and I'm going to sell it for billions. And, you know, and then I started realizing, I was like, well, I don't want to work for someone else. And, you know, what I'm doing right now after we set up the right systems, I mean, I could go to the racetrack. I could go running. I didn't have to work that much because the team was doing everything, and I would just support them and and set the direction and make sure everything was running right. And so basically we created this nice lifestyle business that, you know, that anybody would kill for. And when you do that and people see that, then people want it. So then a lot of people started reaching out to us to acquire us. And we kept saying no, no, no. And then finally, just 
came down to the right offer, the right time. I thought two plus two would equal sixteen. Um, if we combine, and we could build a you know a billion dollar company or whatever it was. I just I knew what we were doing was so innovative that it could take us to the next level. And um, and so then yeah, we so then we pulled the trigger and. Uh, my tour of duty was with them for two years for not or until we sold the agency again and worked really hard and we were able to position to sell the agency that acquired us that I was owner of as well uh, nine months later and then we exited. So when you sold originally, they kept you on for two years as a consultant or no, as a you know a, a partner, employee, all, all that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Was that hard, by the way? Kind of, I mean, it's oh, your, yeah. you, it was your baby. You grew it, and all of a sudden, it's still they want you to run it. But then all of a sudden, there's like this decision to be made. And you think you go left, and they say no, go right, and you you don't have the final decision. Is that that must be pretty hard? Yeah, you know, um, it, it's very difficult. The first two months was awesome because rather than having all these people um, reporting to me like I I used to have for 12 years, I didn't have anybody reporting to me anymore. Um, and it was kind of nice, but then it got really boring. And then, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're unemployable. And so you start looking at things differently, and you're used to being the maverick and, and leading the direction. And, uh, yeah, so that was difficult. So, you know, we worked really hard to position to sell again. And, and I knew we were getting close, like, when we bolted on um, to this other company that I knew we could sell it again pretty quickly and then uh, have a, a really nice another nice payday. Very cool. Now, how long after that did you decide to write your book, or did you take some time off, or did you decide to get right back into it? Yeah, so I, I, I literally wrote the book probably about a month after, just because I was so bored. I didn't know what the freaks to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then I created that iPhone app pretty much right after that. Um, but I didn't have really much passion for either of them, Okay. And then I started having people reaching out to me, you know, asking me, well, how did you grow your agency so quick? How did you, how'd you get these clients? How did you manage people? How did you find the best talent? How did you become the best place to work? And, I, and I, out of sheer laziness, I didn't want to keep – people kept asking me the same questions, so I put a site together. I said, just go here. And when I went there, it was something like magical where people started reaching out to me even more but wanting to pay me. And I was like, this is kind of cool, you know. I don't need to do it for the money, but it, money is a good measurement of how um, how good you are. And so I just started doing that, and it's just been so much fun. I mean, I had the coolest business, the coolest job in the world. I, I just wish everybody had this. So today, are you um, basically a, a you know, internet guru for hire? You know, a coach, consultant, or how would you describe yourself? Uh, so I describe myself as a digitalpreneur. Um, so I have a lot of information programs. I have mastermind groups, and I do work on occasion with a couple one-on-one clients. Um, but my whole goal is to work less than 100 hours a month. Very nice. You you have something, um, I either saw it in your website or in your book, about um, milestone marketing, the funnel is dead. Talk a little bit about that, Jason. Yeah, so I was... Um, I was participating in a mastermind group a couple months ago, and I was like, man, I don't need to get into this mastermind group. My business is going really well and all that kind of stuff. So I went to the group anyway, and I started telling them about my business, and they were like, Jason, that's 
pretty amazing, you know, all the stuff that you're doing. You should write a book explaining that. And then as I started diving deeper into really kind of looking at the business even more, trying to look at it from an outside perspective, I started realizing the differences between what I was doing and what everybody else was doing. And then I started fine-tuning it. So everybody is putting everybody in a funnel right now, okay? And they all have the same end result, the buy my program or buy my service, whatever it is. But they never have contingencies baked into that funnel. And, you know, a funnel just starts from the top and goes straight down. And that's wrong. And I'm never going to say funnel again on this podcast. I'm just going to refer to it as the F word, if that's okay. (laughs) And so what you need to do is create campaigns that are contingent as well as they bolt on. So, like, for example, if I put someone in my campaign and they opt in for something, and I have, like, say, uh, three videos to send them, like the Jeff Walker watch, right? Um, Traditionally, people would send video number one, video number two, video number three, in, in, in sequential order. Well, what I do is I send them video number one. If they don't watch video number one or watch the whole thing, send them video number one again, saying, hey, you haven't watched the whole thing. This is real important. If you don't watch this, you're not going to get video two and three, and video two and three are even better. And so if they don't watch video one, that's all right. I have a contingency baked in, and then I maybe invite them to a webinar, or maybe I send them to some other different program, right? And so it's all about just having contingencies and bolting on multiple campaigns together. So do you use Infusionsoft or something else? I do. I use Infusionsoft. And let me tell you, like, how good it's working. Actually, like, after I did some tweaks, this month, and we've still got about 10 days to go, my programs, I've sold 13x more programs. My revenue has gone up 58%. My opportunities went up 260% from doing this milestone marketing. It's all about breaking... And, like, I just gave you one example of one milestone, but each campaign has separate milestones. So you have to figure out how can you break up your campaigns in sectors and milestones and be like, all right, I'm not going to just try to force them to buy something right away because they may not like me yet. They may not have my trust or my authority, but I'm going to give them something of value, see if they engage. If they engage, I'll take them to the next level and then the next level and the next level. That's interesting. So are, are you doing a lot of retargeting as well, or is it all based on whether they, uh, whether they watch something, read something, or download something? Yeah, it's all based on what I know about them, interaction. And here's the cool thing about Milestone Marketing is let's say someone drops off at Milestone 3. You can retarget them at Milestone 3 for a different entry point, or you can pick them up later on in the cycle. So let's say you're trying to get someone in your mastermind group, right? Um, And you have a certain criteria. Let's say you have 500,000 in revenues, your criteria, and they don't meet that now. Well, maybe you should hit them up six months later. Maybe they hit that criteria. Gotcha. Gotcha. You also had something about how you convert 80% of your uh, B2B proposals and, and spend less than 15 minutes actually on the proposal. I know a lot of folks who are, are consultants and things like that, and they're forever doing these, you know, big monstrous proposals which mm-hmm. take hours and hours and hours. What's what's that strategy all about? And, and did you use that in your original digital business? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
I, I spent so much time on proposals in the very beginning, and then I realized you don't need to. And, you know, I, I break it up into eight steps. And I'll, it, it takes a while to go through, but I'll, I'll give you kind of the gist of it. The gist is, is you have to make sure you're building the proposal with the client and getting them to buy off, right? The proposal is not used to sell. The proposal is used as a formality after they have already decided to go with you. Right. Um, the other secret that I'll tell you is never send a proposal. Right. So many times you'll create a proposal, and people will go absolutely dark after you send it, and that really would piss me off. And so what I would always tell people is don't send the proposal. You set up a time to chat with them to review the proposal, and then after you review it and all of that, then you can send it to them to sign it. But um, that will eliminate everybody going completely dark. And another part of it is just the structure. You have to get the order right, right? So so many people start off a proposal with about them. Who cares about you, right? I don't. You know, if I'm buying something from you, I don't, I don't care about you yet in a proposal. Talk about how you can help me, um, what are the results that we're going after, and then at the end of the proposal, put about me. So, so let's just dive a little deeper into that. So you, you're meeting with somebody, and maybe it's like an Aflac or one of your other big clients, and you know, the meeting goes really well. They're impressed. They like everything you're saying. And you know, the typical thing a company like that would say was, hey, send us a proposal, right? So yep. what would be the next step that you would, would you address it right then and there, or would you yep. follow up later, or how would you handle that? Yeah, I would tell them right then and there. I'd say, you know, um, I'm more than happy to uh, set up a time to review the proposal with you. Uh, we can do it on person or over the phone. Um, our process is, is we never send a proposal because we want to walk you through it to see if you have any questions. If that's a deal breaker, I certainly understand. Um, we may not be the right fit for you. Gotcha. What brought you to that realization, just out of curiosity? Because, I mean, that's that's something that's usually not taught, let alone in school, but it's usually not it's not your natural reaction, right, because it's, it's going yeah. against the grain. Yeah, you know, I had so many clients going dark after I sent the proposal. I mean, it was impossible to reach them. So it's a qualification process to make sure I'm talking to the right people, um, to see how serious they are, to make sure they're not fishing me, right? And then I know some people are like, well, did you ever do RFPs, which are requests for proposals, right? There's only two winners to every RFP. Can you pick out the two winners? Yeah, yeah, the people getting it and the people who, I mean, the people receiving it and the people who ultimately get it, <laughs> get awarded yeah. it. So the, the person that, um, the first winner is the person that obviously wins the contract. And the, the second winner is the first person out. Because then they don't waste time because you're losing out on all that opportunity cost. Most of the time, we always never did, our, we only did an RFP if we wrote the RFP. Gotcha. Um, RFPs are already decided pretty much before <laughs> you even you know start responding to it. Yeah. Um, down to about uh, five minutes here, Jason. I got a couple more questions when I get to you. You, you had something. Um, I think it was I, I, I saw it in your blog. How to generate new leads every day. Um, yeah. A lot of folks that uh, listen to this pro are in the online world. Obviously, well, give us a strategy or two on how to generate leads every day. 
Yeah, so, you know, I basically break it up into kind of five systems. It's all about kind of figuring out who are you targeting and being laser-specific, knowing their biggest challenge and putting something of value out there that they want, that they basically can give you their email address and opt-in to get into your campaign. And then it's all about, you know, it, you know, Facebook marketing is a huge marketing I mean, it's the best marketing platform out there right now, but so many people are doing it wrong because they're not putting kind of goodwill out there. They're not putting out good information. They're just saying, hey, go to my service page or go buy my my product, where they're not saying, how can I help you? Would you like me to do this cool thing for you for free so you don't have to do this bad thing that you always hate? You know, those always work. And so... Um, if, if your listeners want to, I have three free videos um, that I can give you that walk you through everything on there. If you go to generateleadseveryday.com, uh, generateleadseveryday.com, and um, you'll, uh, it'll walk you through more since I don't have too much more time, uh, you know, with your audience. Okay, that sounds cool. Generate more leads every day. Generate leads. Generate leads every day. Com. Generate leads every day. Com. Very cool. So. Um, Jason, you've given me a lot of uh, good information. I appreciate it. It's quite a story you've had, quite a uh, fun career. Do you mind if I ask how old you are? I am, let's see, I am almost 38. Almost 38. Wow, you've done really well for yourself. That's, uh, and you live in, do you live in Florida? I used to live in Florida, uh, and then I moved to Atlanta. Okay, cool. So uh, so life is good for Jason. That's, that's pretty impressive. You had a fun ride, and... Um, uh, what's next? What's the what's the next big thing for you? You know, I'm, I'm writing a book um, mm-hmm. called uh, you know the funnel is dead milestone marketing where I'm going to lay out everything that I'm doing and literally people will be able to get the book and, and I'm hoping to start a movement and, and let people know that there's different ways that you can treat marketing and you know do it through the campaign and this is not just email marketing or text it could be applied to anything. And if you guys want to know more about that, just go to uh, Milestone MRK and MRK stands for Marketing Results Kick Ass. So Milestone MRK, and you can get more information about it. So MilestoneMRK.com is that the best place yep. for them to go uh, learn more about you? Yep, that's right. That is awesome, Jason. Man, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, appreciate your being my guest this week on Stick Like Glue Radio. Thank you, sir. Definitely, man. Take care. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special episode of Stick Like Glue Radio with Jason Swank. Again, you want to go to MilestoneMRK.com for more information. And remember, Stick Like Glue Radio is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. I am your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach. I'm committed, as always, to helping you build a more profitable business faster. Be sure to check out Dream Biz Academy for more information on my next event, which is happening in a couple of weeks, May 7th, 8th, and 9th in beautiful San Diego. If you are an entrepreneur, you're trying to grow a more profitable business faster, you need to be there. Again, all the details. And by the way, as I record this, we, are, we have like seven or eight seats left. So you want to go to dreambizacademy.com, dreambizacademy.com. That is a wrap for this week. Watch for another great episode of Dream Business Radio. <laughs> Sorry, I got all twisted up. Watch for another episode of Stick Like Glue Radio next week. Until then, keep taking action, keep moving forward, and don't ever, ever, ever give up. Take care, everybody. 
You've been listening to Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Stick Like Glue Radio features Jim Palmer's unique brand of smart marketing and business building advice for action-oriented entrepreneurs. To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.getjimpalmer.com. To learn more about Jim's Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind program, visit www.dreambizcoaching.com. That's www.dreambizcoaching.com. If you know other entrepreneurs looking for the fastest way to hire profits in their business, please tell them about the Stick Like Glue radio podcast. Now, go and implement what you've learned and boost your profits. See you next week for more Stick Like Glue radio.